everybody, Don Kendrick here with some good news. The good news is that you're only going to hear good news here. I am a repurposed news reporter and I am finally doing the stories that have been burning in my heart for so long. They're stories that uplift, encourage, and inspire. And they are real and they're raw and they're vulnerable. They're the good stuff stories. And we see it over and over again that through it all, through the middle of our biggest challenges, together we can, together we will. Let's go see the good and be the good. On your market set, let's go. Hey, y'all. We are so looking forward to bringing you our God at Work series of stories over the next few months. We named them God at Work in honor of my mama, Marlene Kendrick, who passed away on February 23rd. Because if you knew our mama, you knew those words, God at Work. She was forever teaching us to see God in everything. So this series is for you all as much as it is for ourselves and reminding ourselves that we can, in fact, allow God to work through us by seeing the good in others and being the good for them. If you ask Keith Johnson how to feel better, he could answer in three words, start moving more. He knows it to be true. And after a defining moment in his life, walking out of a funeral home, he has pledged the rest of his life running to be well, helping people wrestling with mental illnesses and addictions to use exercise along the journey raising heartbeats as well as the chances of them staying on the right path. Now, here's the thing about this interview, though, a footnote, um, if you will, just heading in, that this was supposed to be the initial informal information gathering introduction that we do before our official stories. Well, Keith is so authentic, I had to go with this original interview. You're going to see why. Y'all, we never even recorded a formal one because especially in this case, authentic, real, genuine wins. And Keith says, when we move, we're happier. Well, I'm happier having met Keith Johnston, and I think you will be too. Okay. So Keith, how, will you uh, give me a window into how you started running to be well? So, I mean, the official story is that, um, a friend of mine lost his son to heroin uh, back in 2015 and uh, we were in a running group together and at the calling hours i just i felt um moved called if you will to start something up to make a difference in people's lives um i knew how much uh exercise and running had helped me in my recovery and with my own mental health uh, struggles so uh I, but i'd never thought about helping anybody else but at that moment um you know, you're, you're helping a friend grieve and just, we all feel so uh, powerless to, to help in a situation like that. And certainly the, the addiction issues have gotten worse in our country since then. And here we are eight years later. Um, but so I just wanted to help and uh, I wanted to start a little group and, and uh, with the express purpose of just trying to help people feel connected and get more active. And I didn't even know all the science behind it because um, I was an engineer by trade. So I was, you know, about 35 years into engineering career. So I didn't know a whole lot about neuroscience. I just knew that it helped me. Uh, but then I kind of went on this journey of 
uh, digging into my own uh, addiction issues along with um, the science behind it. And it's fascinating just how much evidence there is to show that exercise really does help people, you know, strengthen their mental health and, you know, therefore, uh, in some respects, uh, helps us to avoid, you know, like serious addictions. So in my former life as a news reporter, we looked for good sound bites. That was full of them <laughs> right out of the gate. So um, I'm curious then, so you had your own addiction uh, issues. Do you want to, can you tell me more about that? Sure. Um, I mean, I'm open about, about what I do. As, as the saying goes, uh, you know, uh, I struggled in isolation, so I'm going to recover out loud uh, to help other people. Um, so I have, I've had a long uh, struggle with uh, pornography and with uh, what the scientists call uh, sexual maladaptive behaviors. So, you know, we all have our struggles and, um, you know, that was mine. And that was the thing that, that uh, struggle, I struggled with the most. And um, not coincidentally, almost prophetically, uh, that's what was behind my cancer. I, I ended up getting throat cancer from uh, HPV and uh, which I obviously contracted, you know, 40 years ago in my younger days when I was uh, very, very foolish. And uh, it stayed dormant in my system for so long. And then here I am at uh, 59 getting diagnosed with uh, throat cancer and been happily uh, married for 35 years. So, I mean, that was a, that was a very eye-opening experience to, to show that, you know, every addiction um, causes long-term problems. So we hear a lot about, you know, the opioid uh, epidemic, uh, fentanyl and, and uh, all of that, and just how devastating it is and absolutely is. Um, but, you know, that, so that causes, you know, very sudden death, but, other addictions like mine could lead to a very long struggle with something and then you have things like cancer that caused by smoking and, and all these things and the bottom line is that addiction is killing us <laughs> whether it's a slow death or a long death it's it's still dead and the hope is that it's never too late like if you were blessed with today you just take the next best step that's what and, we celebrate here and that's what you're doing yeah, that's right. And, and um, I, after going through that struggle, you know, three years ago, I'm, I'm just doubling down on my efforts to make as much difference in this world as I can, because I don't know how long I have. None of us do. And we're, we're put here on earth for a reason. And I think I finally found mine. And, uh, you know, and it's to help other people realize that there's a lot that we can do to help ourselves. Um, we don't have to depend on the medical community. I, I mean, I depended on the medical community for, you know, getting me through cancer. I wasn't going to exercise my way out of that one. I wasn't going to eat healthy and all of a sudden my throat cancer goes away. You know, it's, you know, I had stage four throat cancer and I would have been dead within, you know, probably six months if we hadn't done anything. But there's so much that we can and should be doing for ourselves, including getting up and moving and getting enough physical activity. And how old are you now? 59? You were diagnosed at 59. Uh, actually, I was a little off in those numbers. I'm 61 now. Uh, okay. I'm three years out. So I was 58. Okay. I was actually diagnosed. It's right in the middle of uh, COVID. It's 2020. God. I know. Heavy. 
I couldn't I couldn't uh, get in to see a doctor for a couple of months, and that just kind of amped up the anxiety. Oh my lord! Right, mm -hmm. and my, I imagine you ran. If you were like me, you run to get the stress out. But if you were diagnosed with cancer, yeah, um, like I tell everybody, uh, don't take it for granted. I mean, a lot of the young guys that I'm working with, like in in recovery, like I just went to uh, one of our programs this morning. Um, we see about 200 people every every week, and and in this particular program, it's a residential treatment, so it's a bunch of younger guys mostly and you know so i'm running with these guys and and i'm telling them hey don't take this for granted because you know there may come a time when you can't um you know exercise and run because like when i had my cancer um i had a, a feeding tube because i couldn't swallow and so for you know not only just during the treatment which was you know very very painful and uncomfortable um but i could tell everybody i lost all my sources of dopamine I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I couldn't be around people. Um, I couldn't have uh, normal relations with my wife. Um, I, I was in a bad, bad place uh, mentally uh, having gone through that, but I developed other things. I really dug into my prayer life and um, started to meditate and understand, you know, the difference between prayer and meditation because the Bible actually uses both words. So there's a difference. Um, learned, uh, you know, went back to some of my musical roots and, and, and tried to do that. But the bottom line is that we've got to have a variety of things that make us happy, that are healthy. And um, we need to lean in on those and make sure we have a, a, a good tool belt because you can't build a house with just a hammer. I mean, there's so many analogies you could use to the foundation, mm -hmm. you know. So you said went back to your prayer life, your prayer roots. What exactly does that mean? Well, I mean, I've been a Christian since I'm uh, since I was 13, and uh, you know, often, you know, just like everybody, uh, stages of life, you you get complacent in your practices, and uh, and practice is is important. You know, what we do is important, not just what we think or what we believe, but what we do. Um, and that's actually a foundational uh, aspect of, of running to be well. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, of, of course, a, a life changing uh, thing like cancer is, is going to, to shake the foundation of your of your faith. And you're either going to grow closer to God or you're going to you're going to get mad and, and walk away. And fortunately, I grew closer um, and just really am thankful for um that in my life and having that that foundation we say like, you can run towards him or away from him and even for me personally and a lot of good stuff family people we run to him going really god really even as i see the crucifix right here really god really yeah. you know and i think he loves that prayer maybe you know that song better than a hallelujah better than everything's great. Thank you, God, because we run to him in the thick of it. And then yeah. we wait and we pray for the oh, really God, really mm -hmm. same mm -hmm. words. It's the same words, but I mean, and I'm still working through it in my own life. Like I'm like, oh, really God, thank you for meeting people like you. And then I look at all the things I'm up against and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Sorry. My bad. I know you're working. I know you're working. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Yep, absolutely.
and we're all at some place in that journey. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So was that um, in-house, the residential treatment people you're working with, by any chance, Mark Merlihan's operation out in Ashtabula? No, we haven't stretched out that far. Um, okay. We're mostly in the um, Akron, okay. uh, Medina, Wadsworth. And the, the one that we're most excited about right now is at uh, Grafton Correctional. The, uh, the, the warden out there is actually a runner, and uh, he reached out to us because he heard about our programs. And he asked if we would uh, bring a program into the facility. And I said, heck yeah, that sounds like a great thing. And, uh, you know, we've been going out there for only about six weeks so far, but it's just been an amazing success. We, we have like 70, 70 or 80 guys out there every week running in the yard, right? Because they have a little third of a mile rec yard that they can run in. And then just two weeks ago, um, we hosted a 5K and a half marathon. Now for this, they opened up other parts of the prison um, so that it was a three quarter mile loop which still sounds, you know, very restrictive to runners like us that are just used to just going wherever we want to go. But for these guys, it was an amazing little um, blessing of freedom for them to get to run in other parts of the yard. And I've got a whole bunch of stories that um, that I've told. I've got a, a, a YouTube channel that that I've got some stories up there. Um, but that was one of the most amazing things is that one of the guys told me, he said, I've been here for 18 years and uh, he came in when he was 18 and he's a lifer. Um, and he, he may not ever get out of there. Um, he, he, he is eligible for parole, but you never know how that's going to go. Um, but he told me, he said, um, I'm really excited about being able to run in this other part of the yard because I've never been on the other side of that fence the whole time I've been here for 18 years. And that just blew my mind. It, it just humbled me to, to think that I get to just walk out this gate and go home and see my family and I take that for granted. But this guy was, he was genuinely excited and content um, and thankful for that opportunity. And that, that just, it broke me. You know, I, even now I'm tearing up because just to think of that level of restriction that he has in his life that any little bit of freedom becomes like something to be super grateful for is it, it was just amazing and i'm looking forward to seeing him and, and talking with him about it uh later on so many analogies about being on the other side you know and, and being grateful for still what there is to be able to do and i i know so many people who have worked with inmates and I'd love to connect you as well in the mute with music and mm -hmm. purpose driven lives. And you can, God has something for everyone, no matter if you're behind walls, really and truly. And I have some friends who were in prison forever unjustly and then were yep. um, set free and the forgiveness factor. And sometimes I feel more angry for them than they even are. So see how God is weaving already. Like if I could yep. connect you with them and the yep. warden is a runner already. I know the warden is a good man because of the music industry that he's invited in there to graft. Oh, yeah. They had 10 bands playing live music for us while we were running. It was, and these, these cats were hot. 
I mean, I had I stopped a couple of times and just had to listen to them because, man, they were dropping it. And just all these different, uh, you know, styles of music. And they had this beautiful sound system. The warden is a he's an amazing man. Um, and, and one of the things I even took away from this was like when I was in there, I didn't feel surrounded by razor wire as much as I was surrounded by greatness of the warden and the inmates and the staff. And then they actually let us invite some outside runners come in. And so some of uh, my friends and then some people I didn't even know that were runners uh, signed up for a race to, ra to run inside of a prison. And they were great, you know? So, you know, you, you, you think of like this prison as being like this dark, terrible place, when in reality, there is, there is beauty there. And the human spirit is, is just amazing. And then, you know, just to experience that level of gratitude and thankfulness from everybody was just, oh man, I, I, I can't wait to go back. I mean, I'm glad I get to come home, but. <laughs> right, exactly, it's nice to have the option. Um, but so what I'm thinking is that always, always without exception, when you, it's like pulling on a string. When I tap into a good stuff story, there's layer after layer after layer after layer of good stuff. And you, you've just already revealed a few of them. So I am so grateful uh, that you shared this. I'm super grateful for, to your friend, David Cooper, who referred you. Um, I have so many questions. I'm going to look up your YouTube channel because you have so many good stuff stories right there that we could probably profile, starting with that 18-year-old young man who found hope. And hope he's, is everything. He's, he's, 30, he's, he's 36 now. He, he went oh. in when he was 18. So literally twice his life he's been in there. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, grown, yeah. He, he's grown up in prison. Yeah. See, yeah. and hope is everything. It's not just some cliche bumper sticker thing. Yeah. You know? And, so, these well, guys, and these guys did something bad. I mean, they, and I'm sure there, I'm sure there's a few of them that are there unjustly. I mean, this, you're not going to have a system that's completely perfect. But th these guys, I'm sure, did something horrible. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're a horrible person. I mean, God can forgive anybody. And there you go. And it's not, it's not for us to decide that. And the, and the warden has this great perspective. He says that we're here to create better neighbors. Because like it or not, most of these guys are going to get out. And what do you want next to you? Do you want somebody that's that's um, forgiven and forgivable and recovered? Or do you want somebody pissed off that's been there for 18 years? I think I'd rather have the first. Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest too, to our listeners. We, when we decided to do this, today was supposed to be just an informational interview with you uh, for the official do your hair and do your makeup show. Oh, wait, that we were my hair. <laughs> You look fantastic, but I'm adding the disclaimer because I'm going to share this as soon as we finish because wow. it's so pertinent. And, and what we'll do is we'll ask our viewers then uh, and our listeners to tune in when we do the official one. We can use some of your pictures and your sound and stuff. And But for right now, this is a lesson that I think you and I want to share with anyone within earshot of this. Just do what you could do today because you don't even yes. know when you show up for God, you don't even know what he has. I don't even have the official microphone hooked up. I'm assuming <laughs> the audio is fine. You could hear me. Okay. God says I don't need it. You know, right. um, 
just what a lesson, hopefully, for anyone listening. Who's listening who needed to hear that right now? Who who needs to hear that? Everything that you said has just been so inspirational. Um, are you cancer-free now? Yep. Uh, for my particular cancer, it's um, five years, and then they'll say, um, you know, have a nice life. And I'm about two and a half years out, um, feeling good. I mean, you know, your body goes through a lot when you go through the treatment. So um, the good thing it was is that I the the radiation took all the hair away from my neck. So all you guys out there, you know how much you hate shaving, you know, in here. So be jealous because I don't have to. Um, they did miss a spot that's right here, and I asked the uh, radiation oncologist, I said, can you go touch this up a little bit because you missed a spot? <laughs> you about lost it. I said, if you really want to, brother, you can, but I said, no, I'm good. Stop. Way to see the bright side, right? Oh, and yeah. when, I had my, when I had my feeding tube, it was great because I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat for dinner. I didn't have to worry about prep time. You just shake up the little cart and then you're done. How long was that for a feeding tube? Uh, it was only about four months. Um, and and I've got friends, uh, my, my closest friend in the world, um, and, and, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll even say his name. You can edit it out later. But my friend Jack uh, had the same cancer, and unfortunately, uh, he still has his feeding tube, and he probably will for, for a very long time. And he still finds uh, the positive in that. Um, so again, don't take things for granted. Uh, you know, every every breath, every bite to eat, you know, is is a blessing. And and he's got a blessing too, man. He's got an amazing family and grandkids coming out of. Or <laughs> you just had another one. So, man, how many is it now? But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, when we chew our food, I don't say thank you, God. Mm -hmm. I don't, for every chew, for every breath, we don't do it. Right. So, there's, a, there's another heads up. Where, where are you and what things are you up against? And then we just take a minute to say all the things that we have that are right. Yeah. That are nothing short of blessings, especially hearing it come from you. I mean, you're leading by example, and that's what we celebrate here. And it occurs to me because I knew I was going to interview you for your running to be well. Uh, I didn't ask a lot of specific questions, but let's go ahead quickly before we round this out. Um, tell me again, you started it in 2015. Yep. Yeah, okay. it kind of grew slowly. We just had like a little group, um, got together and ran, and then we started to branch out. Uh, we were mostly just you know, just some different people in the community um, getting together. But then as we as we grew and we started going into facilities and that sort of st stuff, we, we, we really started to catch the vision for, you know, a much bigger um, reach. And uh, we're still working on that, how that's going to look. But we get together and we just uh, run or walk, you know, even though we're called running to be well, uh, we encourage people to just get out and get your heart rate up. That's all that matters. Um, because when our heart rate goes up, uh, that's when all the good uh, neurotransmitters get released, your dopamine and endorphins and serotonin and, and all of that. Um, so we do that for about an hour. We chat a little bit. Sometimes we talk. We do like an encouraging mom or dad talk where we, we try to connect the, the pieces for, for people to, to learn that really exercise is just another way to cope with, with stress. It's a healthy way to cope with stress, and it's actually the way that we're designed. 
Um, so, you know, we're trying to get people back to those roots so that they don't feel like they have to use a substance or smoke a cigarette or um, watch pornography or whatever to make them happy. They've, they've got some natural, healthy things that they can do to, to make themselves happy. And, and that's what we do. We, we see about 200 people every week. We've got nine different groups around this part of Ohio. And uh, one of the things that we're kind of known for is that uh, when people come uh, two or three times to our group, we give them a pair of running shoes. Um, we have got a great relationship with Fleet Feet uh, up in Cleveland, and they donate shoes to us so that we can give them out to people in our programs. And this year alone, we've already given out 260 pairs of shoes, and we're already on track to eclipse our record. Um, and over the years that we've been doing this, we've probably given out around 2,000. I haven't even added it up yet. So we look at that as, as like a good marker for how we're reaching people, because that means those people had to come at least a couple of times. Most people come, um, you know, they continue to come after they get their shoes, because it's not just a reward, right? It's a tool that they can use in their recovery and for uh, strengthening their, their mental health. Um, but people okay, continue Andy. to come. Oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, so people usually continue to come and we, we've developed some really good long-term relationships with folks. I mean, there's folks that have been coming like for the whole eight years. And again, I'm listening to you thinking of another layer. There it is. I didn't even know. So Fleet Feet, the people behind yeah. Fleet, and yeah. it took one dude yep. named Keith to stand up and say, I'm going to be the good in this world out of the grief that I'm leaving a funeral home over a friend who lost his son to heroin. What's stopping me from being the good? Exactly. I'm, wow. I'm an engineer. What do, what do I know about recovery? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it took one dude from, uh, from, from Fleet Feet. And, and this is actually even a cooler God story. This guy was the general manager of, of this, uh, Fleet Feet. There was five stores up in, in Cleveland. And he was talking with his pastor, um, and I believe it was, uh, oh, what's that guy's name, David? I can't remember the pastor's name. Um, but he was just talking with his pastor, and he said, look, I really want to get involved with the community, and I don't know how. And the pastor said, well, give Keith a call, because he, he needs some shoes, and you're in the shoe store, maybe you can work it out. And there you go. It's this great relationship with Fleet Feet. We've got a connection now. And, you know, we, we can afford to give out, uh, you know, 2,000 pairs of shoes at $150 a pop. There's no way I could raise that much money. Um, but this, this guy made the connection, and then we've gone on. And the owner is um, super generous, and they do other things for us. And so there you go. It's another layer. God weeps. Mm -hmm. He just does. And mm -hmm. then we watch him work. Wow. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, running to be well at gmail.com is the email. Yep. And the website would be running to be well.com. Dot org. Oh, dot org. Okay. Okay. Yep. Very good. Well, a thousand thank yous. Well, we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll have another interview with you. Maybe we could even bring in some of these people who are actually benefiting uh, from that first best step that you took. It's, it's, yeah, yeah I, can, I can definitely make that happen. If there's okay. any way, if there's any way that we, I know you're uh, not in our area, but if there's any way we could get the word out about a big event we got coming up, I'd, I'd love that. Say it right now, let's say it, shout it loud from the mouth.
All right, so we're putting on a race. Uh, it's going to be uh, July 22nd in Hinkley, Ohio. So lots of lovely hills and dales and a beautiful lake there in a swimming area. But it's called Around the Beach because there's a little beach there. And Mr. Keith is from Florida, so we love the beach. And uh, so we're putting on a little 5K and a one-mile walk. It's going to be a, a fun event. It's definitely family friendly. There's going to be some competitive runners there, but it's mostly going to be walkers and people just enjoying the day. We have a live DJ, going to have some ukulele music. We got the Rubber City Ukes coming in and uh, we've got some special treats for food. So please, if you can come out, it'd be a great way to support our organization. Not only is it a big fundraiser for us, but it's a great way to connect with other people in the community that, that are struggling. And, and a way to support uh, each other in our struggles. So if you could make it, it's July 22nd and it's called Around the Beach. Sorry, I was putting in, I'm gonna, uh, I lost it. I'm gonna put this up here really quick as a banner for anyone who, by the way, if you're listening to this in podcast mode, you can go to thegoodstufffamily.com and you can see the video interview that we have here with Keith. So running, it's the number two, the letter B, and then well, running to be well at gmail.com or I'll just put um, .org and then they can find your email probably there too, right? Yep. Okay. So does that look right? I just, uh, let's see, I'm going to throw it up here. There. Does it look like that? Excellent. Okay. So running the number two, the letter B. The word well, running to be well.org. Keith, thank you. I think we have just tapped into exponential good stuff that God can do. The best good stuff, we always say, is the God stuff, you know? Yeah. And when when I'm typing too quickly, sometimes the O is omitted and it says mm -hmm. the God stuff. And for instance, if I was typing about you, I would leave the typo because it uh -huh. is the God stuff. You know, you, when your friend wrote in, he said that you're the hands and feet of Jesus by assisting those with addiction and mental health. And to quote you throughout this interview, there you go. <laughs> God love you. Okay. Thank you. Sky's the limit. Um, we'll we'll be sure to let everyone know when we, we do our official interview with you and when that's going to launch and we'll be sure to promote it. Just thank you a thousand times. Have a great day and God bless. I, I can't wait. And thank you so much. I'm, I'm encouraged by this. Amen. All right. This has been a Grassroots Good Stuff Family production. Big love and gratitude to our friend Carlos Jones, who is the talented voice and creator behind this music that sets the tone for these good stuff stories. Huge gratitude and love as well for our social media director. She is Danielle Folk and is consistently going above and beyond. Follow her at Farmhouse Storyteller. And to the producer, my Travi, the glue that holds together the moving parts of this God-inspired endeavor. TheGoodStuffFamily.com is where you'll find links for all the things we're doing, including how to be a sponsor of a story. So grateful for our faithful sponsors who have already made so much of what we do possible. And of course, big love and gratitude for you, the listeners, helping to grow this Good Stuff Family Tree 2023. Welcome to the family.